January 8th, 2019 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. everybody and welcome to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It is awesome to have everybody here with me today and of course it is always wonderful to be out there with you as well. I sincerely hope that everybody has had a nice start to the fresh new year 2019. We were supposed to be on air or podcast recording as of Friday of last week. The last time we podcasted was Wednesday of last week, and I had mentioned that I would be back on air for a special Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast edition that included an email from a very special listener, Um, and unfortunately, by Friday, um, or at least the time that I had planned on podcasting, I had not yet received word from the particular individual that I wanted to read the email from. It just so happens that later on that day, I did receive word from that person, and we will be reading that email. As a matter of fact, that will be the basis of our podcast today, and we'll get into that in just a moment. Uh, By the time I had heard from this particular individual, it was a little bit too late for me. Um, I was overwhelmed with children. (laughs) I had all three of them. Uh, with me and um, torturing me all weekend, and uh, but it was great. It was great. I mean, uh, my my youngest son, Mickey. It's like almost seemingly overnight. This little boy, at 21 months old, or going to be 21 months in uh, the end of January, he's literally started speaking like overnight. It's just in- insane, and it's not just little one and two word utterances it's like full sentences are coming out now again this is a little boy that walked at a very young age me myself I walked at seven and a half months old which is rather early now I presented to you in a way that you know is very um, humble whereas my mother used to run run around telling the entire world how brilliant her seven and a half month old son is or was because I started walking at that age and uh, it is actually true because I saw some eight millimeter home videos of myself walking around at seven and a half months old it was a little scary to look at but I will tell you this my daughter walked at about nine months old my older son walked at about ten and a half months old Um, and this guy here I think it was about eight and a half months something along those lines so very early work walkers very early developers and I consider myself to be very lucky very grateful of the fact uh, that my children are relatively healthy for the most part and especially considering what I do for a living you best believe everybody that um, it's very important to me that my um, my children remain healthy and um, do well in school and um, hopefully are able to avoid some of the mental health issues that I've gone through within my life but you know what if they're not able to we will deal with it kind of just like we deal with everything else Um, so quick update I know it's gotten played out at this point in time believe it or not 
the tooth is seems to be getting better. <laughs> I know I go back and forth on this, but it certainly has not gotten any worse. So I am back to the assumption that it's just a deep, overwhelming infection that occurred that is just taking a very long time to get a handle on. Uh, so it hasn't gotten worse. It seems like it's getting a little bit better. Uh, and, you know, I say this because the last day and a half, whereas normally I'm distracted by the feeling of this implant, it's kind of left my mind as of late, or at least the last, um, I'd say, 30 hours or so, or 40 hours. Um, it really has not entered into my mind because the pain is not as intense as it was, and it's slowly but surely going away. So I hope that is the case. Uh, with, um, with that being said, without further ado, I think it is very important that I proceed to reading an email that I received on December 22nd, all the way back before the Christmas holiday. I received this email, uh, and I read this email a couple of times, and I actually, um, it, it's not that I've not heard a similar story before, because many of us share the same experiences, and uh, we go through very similar things, so we kind of all understand one another. But the way in which this email was composed and um, the grammar, uh, the um, ability to quote-unquote tell a story, so to speak, uh, was quite astonishing in my opinion. Uh, she's a brilliant white writer, brilliant writer. Uh, she brought me to tears, I have to tell you. She brought me to tears, and when I wrote her back brought myself to tears. Um, she has a lot of important things to say. So again, without further ado, let's get into this right now. Now, I do have to switch from my email, uh, my MrJoeBP at Yahoo.com, over to the paper that I printed out after the first paragraph, because uh, for some reason when I printed out her email, I left out the first paragraph, which is rather important. I have no idea how I did that, but we will make that switch, so bear with me. I'll actually tell you when the first paragraph is up and over and when we're moving on to that paper. I'm not used to having paper in my hand. I will, if everybody can hear that, okay, um, and we'll get to that in a minute, but let's start it out like this, just so everybody understands the subject line within this email immediately got my attention. The subject line was trying to soldier on. And for those of you who have not listened to the end of my podcast, and, and believe me, I don't hold anything against you if you do, once that music kind of kicks in at the end, you know things are winding down. Uh, but for those of you who have not heard the end of my podcast, I always ask those of you who are battling right now, who are suffering, who are um, having a very difficult time with your mental illness, I ask that you fight, you struggle, and most importantly, I ask that you continue to soldier on. And I just thought it was awesome that I got an email with that subject line. Uh, it really started things off in a very um, interesting way, immediately got my attention. So... Here is the email, and then we will talk about this uh, young lady after I uh, read the email. I'll give you her name and 
a little bit of her information uh, because I've gotten permission to do so. So here we go. Greetings and salutations, Mr. Joe. First and foremost, I am a new listener. I just recently discovered your podcast on Spotify this past week. And I will be honest, Mr. Joe, I am going through the hardest time in my life that I have encountered thus far, and finding your podcast, as extreme as this is to say, has been a saving grace. First set of chills <laughs> that, um, that have uh, entered into my body. It has not been the first time that people have said that to me. As a matter of fact, people have written reviews in the past that um, have indicated that I'm saving lives. I wouldn't go that far. Um, but I've also received many, many emails indicating to me that I've more or less been there saving grace or saved them. And it uh, means the world to me. And I'm going to try to not get emotional on my own podcast right now. Which is actually not going to be easy to do um, because I know how difficult it is for everybody out there and when you think that things just can't get any worse or things are never going to get better um, it's very easy to just say I'm calling it quits you know, because it would be easier a lot of times to move on without moving on, if that makes any sense. Um, so I totally understand it, and I get it, and I am uh, I'm internally grateful, uh, eternally grateful to those of you who do feel like I am making a difference in your life. I, I try my very best to do so because we are all a family, and we're all going through this together. Um, not Mr. Joe right now, because I've been smoking so much marijuana, um, I'm surprised I, I, I even know my name. Although I have to say, the last couple of uh, days since the weekend, by the way, I've been um, actually not, I didn't engage in marijuana last night, nor Sunday evening. Um, so, nevertheless, we'll get into that another time. Let me continue. Now, I may stop after each paragraph and analyze this email a little bit with everybody. Um, I'm glad I just pulled myself together. I don't think that I've actually ever cried on a podcast, but I can tell you guys right now that the tears did come out of my eyes on that one in particular. Now, I've cried much worse than that before, uh, but I also have hundreds of thousands of people that are listening to me right now, so I had to pull it together. Okay, let me continue. Briefly about myself, I am currently in a major transition point in my life, both mentally and in my career and relationship. I am a 31-year-old female who was diagnosed with bipolar this past year. And I tell you, Mr. Joe, what fresh hell is this? I have been a death worker for about eight years, mortician, autopsy, technician, tissue harvester, death investigator, the works. I am also an artist. My first degree was in fine art photography. Right now, my fiancé and I are trying to uproot to a new state and start a new life together. I have been on a year-long hiatus from death work and am looking to take on a job as a funeral director. And truthfully, I am terrified that my mental health won't stabilize in time to take the position one month from now. So we are looking at a couple of weeks at this taking place. Because if it's December 22nd, we're talking mid-January that, um, and I'm going to tell you the name of this individual because I no longer like to refer to her as this particular woman. Um, her name, we're going to refer to her as Michaela from the West Coast. 
okay? Michaela from the West Coast is the one that wrote this email. And let me tell you something, Michaela. We're about at that time in the middle of January in which um, it's, it's coming up. It's coming up, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, she goes on to say, But I have been listening to your podcast for approximately seven hours a day, God help you, <laughs> while I work at my current non-death-related job, as, and I am almost caught up. Listening to your experiences has been like listening to myself speak. I have found so much relief in knowing that my wackadoo brain is not alone, that my challenges are real, valid, and for lack of better phrase, not in my control. Now, Michaela, if you are still concerned about this new job or um, this new position that you'll be uh, embarking on in a couple of weeks, if that's still in the works... I don't expect you to feel any better as of today. Um, I expect you to probably be anxious from now until then. But as I said in an email to Michaela, somehow, some way, everybody, as long as we're not hospitalized, we figure a way to work it out. Now, many times when we have children, it's a little bit easier to pull through. Uh, forgive me for saying this, but... The first time I was hospitalized, it was not easy at all. As a matter of fact, I tried to commit suicide while my little boy was at preschool, or my little my little girl was at preschool, and my two-year-old son was within the house. So I wouldn't say that that made it any easier. Um, but for some reason, guys, when we have these major transitions that we are um, headed for, that we're looking towards, and we know that they're going to be very impactful in our life, a lot of times we work ourselves up so much that when we get to it, we can't believe that it's actually this easy. Um, I, I'm not saying, Michaela, that it's going to be easy, but I do believe in my heart, and I say this with all due respect, that if you were able to compose this email, and you may have been manic while writing this, because this is a couple of pages long. And let me tell you something. I've written to people before. Um, her, her writing does not appear to be manic in nature at all. But she was capable, no matter how bad she felt, she wrote this letter. And she fought this email. And she found it important to reach out and let somebody know such as myself, that I am making a difference in her life. And I, I think that's awesome. So I believe in my heart that come mid-January, if you're still set up to take on this position, um, if your mental health hasn't stabilized by now, um, I'm hoping that come that day, it will stabilize. I have a very funny feeling that um, just like Mr. Joe, you may be able to get through that day, and then the night times might be a little difficult <laughs> uh, because it's almost like you're holding in all those feelings that you have and kind of got to let loose at night. But I have a complete, tremendous amount of faith in you, and I do believe um, that you will be okay come when it comes time to take on this position. But it's perfectly normal what you're experiencing. It is. I mean, I've lost nights of sleep when I've... Um, been in preparation to take on a new position. If those of you who have not listened to my Suboxin uh, podcast, I talk about how I was in full-blown withdrawals during a period in time when I went for an interview. 
As a matter of fact, I went for three interviews for the same position, and each time I went in for an interview, it was worse and worse each time in terms of my uh, mental health and my withdrawals from Suboxone. I specifically recall before going into that interview on one occasion, I actually engaged in deep breathing in my car. Um, holding it in, ex exhaling, inhaling, the whole works, trying to eliminate some of the anxiety that I just could not get rid of. I was an absolute nervous wreck. It was one of the most difficult things that I ever had to do. But what's so interesting is that although I thought I screwed up royally in those interviews, um, I actually got the job. There was no other considerations. Uh, I beat everybody out of that position. And um, honestly, when I had, was close enough with my my uh, boss to let her know that I had bipolar disorder and even share with her during the interview because she was the one who interviewed me what I was going through with Suboxone she found it to be quite amazing because she would have never been able to tell so Michaela there's a very good chance that the only one who's seeing what you're seeing is yourself and your significant other right now that does not diminish it does not take away from the fact that you feel like complete crap and you feel like more of a wackadoo than ever. But um, understand this, that a lot of times people do not see what we feel. Now, I am glad that Michaela has found some relief in knowing that she's not alone. But what it comes down to, guys, is we're not alone. These challenges are real. And the way Michaela puts it, for a lack of a better phrase, not in my control. Guys, if it was in my control or in any of our control, do you think that I would be up in my older son's room tearing apart my arms and legs with a scissor and banging my head and sitting on a phone with a suicide hotline? No, nobody chooses to do that. Our minds become so lost we give up hope because we just can't believe the way that we feel and once we give up that hope that's when things kind of go a little wacky and we just start hurting ourselves and not believing in ourselves and crying and, and sleeping and possibly not doing or doing things that we regret later so none of this none of this is in our control. Michaela, it's not in your control, it's not in my control, but we can get control over it. Now, get to that part. Let me continue. Third paragraph goes on to say, I am still battling to identify the details of my diagnosis, the tricky part. I've been on a plethora of medications, all which seem to make me tired or anxious or paranoid. I was recommended to try Lamictal, very good, which I believe I will be starting this week. Because I am a nutball, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, Michaela, I'm not laughing at you. Um, that, that's very interesting. I like that word. I may have to start using that one also. Um, I have already terrified myself with the side effects I have been reading about, but your success with the medication is making me hopeful, and I deeply appreciate how in-depth you go with medications on your podcast. You have been more informative and relatable than any doctor I have seen so far. Well, Thank you. I mean, I'm not going to waste everybody's time thanking Michaela over and over again, but she says a lot in that particular paragraph, and her and I have been through the mill 
as many of you, I'm sure, have been on medications that don't agree with you, that um, either make you more depressed or more anxious or more manic, and before you know it, you're in a psychiatrist's office, and they're adjusting this and adjusting that, and then before you know it, you're even worse, and you're doing drugs, and you realize that these medications that you're on are just, they're just not working for you. And it, 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 guys, do you know, honestly, and I don't know this for sure, I'm just going off my memory. Statistically, I believe that it takes about 10 years on average for those of us with bipolar disorder to finally realize that we have bipolar disorder and get our crap together. I mean, think about it. I mean, for Mr. Joe, it was even longer. Um, I was married at the age of 26, and from that moment in time, I had started to discover many of the things that transpired in my early childhood, the things that I was seeing, the voices that I was hearing, which just was not normal. But I went on and lived this way, assuming that, hey, you know, it's not really doing too much to me. Um, I'll just go on and deal with it. And I thought all my behaviors and my feelings were typical of that, of a person who's just going through midlife crisis. And um, guys, from the age of 26, if you really want to think about it, up until 2017 of November, I was really never convinced or able to identify the real details of the diagnosis that I had been given. So Michaela's right, it is extremely tricky. So uh, this is the purpose of this podcast, is to get people to where Mr. Joe was able to get to in significant less time than it took me. Um, because believe me, guys, if, you're, if your experiences and your feelings are matching up to those of Mr. Joe and you are sincere in what you are saying... Um, and Michaela would not be the only one to say it sounds like they're listening to themselves speak on a podcast. If that's the case, guys, and you're not medicated and you're unsure as to what you are, I would almost guarantee that you have bipolar disorder. Okay, so if we are walking the same path, if we've experienced the same thing, um, I believe that you probably have bipolar disorder. So um, hopefully this helps people move it along a little bit and recognize um, you know, what they're going through is not normal. So she goes on to write, I have so much to say, I could go on and on for paragraphs about how much my illness has in common with yours, how much I can relate to some of your history, and how truly terrifying it is to be sick in the head. Last night, I completely fell apart with crying spells and head banging and hyperventilating, all the bipolar party games. My fiancé is so exhausted and fearful, he is falling into his own depression. He fears that I will never get better, that I am doomed to be a mess. Both of his siblings are also bipolar. One sibling he lost to suicide. So I am a trigger for sure. For him. It's possible. It's possible, but you know what I'd rather do here? I'd rather make you, instead of being a trigger, be a clear-cut success story to show your significant other that not everybody who has bipolar disorder is going to be destined to commit suicide. Um, you are going to make it, Michaela. There's no doubt in my mind. You're um, hopefully getting on a, a different medication which might help you. 
in, in the amygdala. It's helped me. Um, but it sounds like she's, uh, you know, December 21st, right before she wrote this email, she had a really rough time, very similar to that of Mr. Joe. And what I want to say in regarding, in regarding this particular paragraph is many, many times we feel like we are ruining everybody else around us. Um, that other people will become depressed. And don't get me wrong, I mean, while this is not your fault by any stretch of the imagination, your man or your woman, I believe it's your man, um, call it your partner, um, he is exhausted. He is exhausted. There's no doubt about it. We're a lot to deal with. We're a hell of a lot to deal with. But if your partner loves you, and I know this sounds very generic, but take it from me, guys, from a person who was in a relationship where the woman gave not two craps about Mr. Joe as compared to a wife who has dedicated her entire life to our relationship, to me, to our children, and to me getting well and being a better person with bipolar disorder. There's a huge difference between the two. And when you have the support of another person, then this is usually a lot easier. And again, it's not easy for him, but you got to get on the right meds. And, and we're going to continue to work through that. Because when you get on the right meds and he starts to see a little bit of a change, you will realize that you're not doomed to be a mess. Now, let us continue. I have been battling with... Uh, Risperdal and Seroquel. She uses the generic name for Risperdal, Risperidone, uh, but that is the generic version of Risperidol. Risperidol. God, sorry about that. I've been battling with uh, Risperidone and Seroquel while also trying to taper myself off weed, which I have been using as medication since I was 15. So look at that, Michaela. You beat me by a year, but I'm a heck of a lot older than you because I started when I was 16. God, talk about similarities. I can't tell you how many urine tests for work I have cheated because marijuana was such a necessity. I even went as far as to briefly work in a weed dispensary to study how cannabis can cure everything. Aha. And she writes, aha. <laughs> I will spare you the details of my situation, but needless to say, I am suffering now like never before, and I feel almost beyond repair. I miss work constantly, panic attacks almost daily. The feeling of chilling despair and trembling isolation seems to reside in my chest cavity like an alien taking over. She's brilliant. She's absolutely brilliant in the way that she talks or writes. Let me continue. I am not entirely certain what I am looking to gain from this email, but it's proving to be helpful sharing my story with someone who gets it. By the way, Michaela, we are now sharing your story with hundreds of thousands of people who get it. I am scared, Mr. Joe. I am mentally unstable, constantly teetering between kind of okay and absolutely in shambles and always worrying that the love of my life will leave me. If he is the love of your life, he's not going anywhere, by the way. Anyways, please keep doing your podcast. They are saving lives. Well, I mean... God, I have to be humble here. If it's okay, I would like to keep emailing you and responding to your episodes when you ask for feedback. Mr. Joe, am I going to be okay? 
Will my partner and I survive this? Will I always be a wackadoo? Thank you from the bottom of my heart for the work you do both with your podcast and in your daily life. You can feel free to speak about anything I share with you and use my name. God bless, my friend. Best, Michaela from the West Coast. I can put this piece of paper away. Not used to doing that. Whew. I don't like when I have uh, to read from paper. Uh, nevertheless, um, really, really, um, really made an impact on me, that particular email. And uh, just so everybody understands, I am uh, in communication with Michaela. We have written back and forth. Um, for those of you, it's very important because many of you have done what Michaela did the other day. You felt the need to write back, but also the need to apologize because it was short and sweet and you were on your way somewhere. I get it, guys. Mr. Joe gets it. Here's the sad thing, though. We all go through this same impulsivity and this same feeling as if, like, we need to write it now, and if we don't write something now and say it, Sometimes a little borderline personality disorder comes out in many of us, and we think that people will forget about us, or they'll judge us for not writing back, or um, judge us for, you know, not responding in a, in a timely manner. Everybody who thinks that way, and I'm not saying you feel that way, Michaela, but there are other people that have apologized. Sorry, everybody, I had a phone call. Um, there, are, there are people that have apologized for not being able to write an extensive email to me in response to something that I wrote to them. Ooh, guys, we're all together in this. I mean, come on, we really are. I know what everybody's thinking. I know how we all think. Nothing is an emergency, as long as you guys all understand, too, that there are times I open my email and I say, oh, my God, i got to write this person back. And it, and it stresses me out and it gives me anxiety because that's who we are. But let's make this um, agreement now between all of us that we each and every one of us understand that it is not always easy to write back. Um, and if you don't have time, you just don't have time. Now, I do feel like Michaela is going to be okay. I want to be transparent enough with my audience and my family to let each and every one of you know who inquire about whether or not you're going to be okay. Of course, I'm not a mind reader or um, somebody who can make predictions, but I want to be transparent enough based on the facts that you provide me as to whether or not you're going to be okay. And obviously, you would not take my word for it, but um, if I felt for any reason that Michaela was not going to be okay... I would probably start listing all the things that she needs to do to ensure that she makes it through this. Now, I do think in my heart that she's going to make it. And i and I, and I got to tell you why. As unaware of why this is happening to her, as little sense as it sometimes makes in her brain, as concerning and, and terrifying it is to know from her perspective, from our perspective, that our minds can actually operate this way and we're expected to live this way, she's got a pretty good head on her shoulders. Okay, She may not know it now, but she does. And many of us with bipolar disorder, everybody, are relatively brilliant. Um, now, unfortunately, sometimes we get to a point 
where there is just nothing that helps anymore other than hospitalization. But I do feel in my heart that Michaela will find the right medication. And I do feel that once she finds the right medication, um, I believe her, her love of her life will continue to support her. I don't think he is going anywhere. Um, I think that uh, they're both going to be perfectly okay, and they're going to get through this together. Um, I've asked Michaela to keep me updated in terms of her medication, her lamictal, how it goes. It's going to take some time. We all know that. But for me, I have to tell you, I started feeling pretty good right away. About 25 milligrams of lamictal uh, got me feeling pretty happy, to say the least. Now, that didn't last a whole long time, uh, but I also never shot back, back down into a deep, dark depression, so to speak, as I was upping the medication. Uh, and once I did start to feel a little bit of depression, that's when I went on the Wellbutrin. Uh, th that's always been a good mix for me, L Lamictal and Wellbutrin. And it seems like many of us do okay in that combination, um, especially us headbangers and, um, you know, injurious people. And i got to tell you, everybody, Mr. Joe was not always like this. So, yeah, when these things occur, everybody, you feel like you're losing your mind. You can't believe that your mind has actually traveled to this place and time in which you know in your heart no person with the average brain or two cents in their head would ever behave this way. And if anybody ever saw us behave this way, other than our significant others, which I have to imagine that in terms of Michaela's self-injurious behavior, it's very possible that her significant others saw her doing this. Um, mine did, and I have to tell you, mine also did not do anything about it. Mine left me. My wife left me that time that I was up in my room hurting myself. She couldn't take it. She was scared to death. Probably not the best idea because at that time I was going through mixed episodes and I was suicidal, but at the same token, you know, my wife was still really learning who I was and what my disorder was, and when she came home and finally recognized through a lot of research and reading that, and very similar to what Michaela had said, that this behavior was not by choice. This behavior that I was engaging in was completely out of my control. It made her more sympathetic towards what I was going through, and she wanted to fix me and help me and get me well again the same way as if somebody was just diagnosed with cancer. And she needed to support that person through their chemotherapy or um, whatever treatment they're going through. That is how supportive my wife has been through all of this. If I was to say one bad thing about our significant others as we get well, a lot of times, if we get too well for a certain period of time, um, our significant others will sometimes take that for granted and assume that everything is better and that we're never going to go through any issues or have any issues again. And uh, that's just simply not true, unfortunately. And while things may be a little less in terms of intensity, uh, you all know that I've exploded quite a few times when it comes to my bipolar disorder. It hasn't lasted a whole long time, but... Uh, from a medication standpoint, um, it's stabilized me for the most part, and it has helped me. Now, here's why I really think Michaela is going to do well. I think she is 
under the impression, or at some point in time was under the impression, that because these medications were never working for her and they all caused different side effects that just truly never um, worked for her mood disorder or made her more anxious or more paranoid, we get to a point in life where we say, well, maybe we're not bipolar because aren't those medications supposed to work? And they didn't. Guys, take it from me. Take it from me. I was on every single medication under the sun. And I could tell you right now, for four straight years, none of those medications work for me. So it would be very easy for Mr. Joe to just chalk it up and say, you know what, this is going to be my life for the rest of my life. It is what it is. I'm a wackadoo, um, a nutball, so to speak. And it's just never going to change. So I might as well play out my life until either I can't take it anymore and I take my life or hopefully I wake up one day and things get better. Obviously, it didn't work that way and things got a little bit worse before they got better. But I guess my point is, Michaela, the same person who went through the exact same things as you in terms of medication and never in my life thought a medication would work for me, these two do work for me. Eventually, if we have enough motivation to be alive, and it sounds to me like you do, sounds to me like you have a very important person in your life, seems to me like you love your job, like I love mine. I love autism. I love doing what I'm doing. Man, guys, if you knew, and Mr. Joe has not been very forthcoming about what I'm doing right now in terms of my new job, if you guys knew what Mr. Joe was doing right now, you would be floored. You would be floored. You would be so proud of the job that I've took on and the responsibilities that I have in this new business, so to speak. And yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give it to you straight. We've referred to them as plants, I believe, in the past. Guys, this all has to do with autism and mental health, what I'm doing. Mr. Joe will never move away from that. And I love my job. And it sounds to me like Michaela does too. So she's got it in, 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 it's, it's in, it's in within her. Sorry to stutter there, but it's all within her. And once her chemicals stabilize, all those things that she loves, including her significant other and her job, and um, you know those those things she'll love even more. She's still able to refer to them as things that she loves. So she has feelings, she has emotions. We all do problem is when we're so whacked out of our head we tend to forget about what we're feeling what's truly important to us and we're just worried about going to sleep and waking up the next day and, and hoping that this next day is better and usually anticipating that it's not going to be really um, but I believe in my heart that Michaela will find the right medication the right treatment for her and her and I will continue to Communicate, and one day Michaela and I will be communicating via email, and we will talk, be talking about how she has recovered to some extent in a very similar fashion that Mr. Joe has. And again, none of us recover fully. We'll never be perfect. We'll always have some issues. But hey, listen, man, I will tell you this. Back in the day, in the heyday, right after I was hospitalized and um, went on to take medication for four years and abuse marijuana and, you know, in the beginning, abuse opiates, even though I was no longer abusing cocaine. I'm going to tell you right now, Mr. Joe is a very social, very outgoing person back then as well. 
I had the capability of recording, but I would not even dare do it. Now, podcasts were not around then, but let me tell you right now, there is no way in the world that my mind would have been able to handle it. No way. Not possible. But here I am now, and we're over a year in to our podcasting. We're almost at 100 episodes. And this email was so important to me that I almost saved it for the 100th episode. But let's face it, guys, 100 episodes, 99, 101, none of it matters. What matters is that we have one another, that we're together, and that we support one another. I want you all to really take that email in and recognize that Mr. Joe is not the only one just because I'm speaking to everybody and reporting on my symptoms and the way that I feel. Please understand that it's not just Mr. Joe and it's not just you. It could be the same person that you know in your neighborhood, um, somebody in your family. We're all struggling to some extent. And those of us who have bipolar disorder, hey man, none of us have it easy. We really, really don't. We don't have it easy at all. Uh, Clearly, Michaela doesn't, but Michaela from the West Coast is going to keep soldiering on. She indicated that she is trying to soldier on, and I have complete faith in her that she will continue um, to try to soldier on, and eventually we'll get to a point where um, she feels somewhat stable. I I believe that in my heart, and I'll continue communicating with her about that. Now, um, on a different note... um, I would like to jump back into my every other day schedule. So that means tomorrow, which is Wednesday, Mr. Joe will not be back with you. But as of Thursday, I will be back. Um, I'd like some people to reach out to me. Uh, And I thank you, because when I do say these things, somebody responds always. (laughs) And either gives me um, their opinion or lets me know um, what they're, you know, what what they uh, feel inside or what they're going through. But I I want somebody to write to me, anybody to write to me, and and let me know a topic that you're interested in discussing. Now, I know that we've covered most of it, if not all of it, um, but it doesn't have to be necessarily an email. Like I just read, if there's a certain topic that you would like Mr. Joe to discuss, mrjoebp at yahoo.com, you could reach out to me and let me know. Um, uh, I've had a couple of requests since last week of people asking me for another um, question and answer segment, which I would be more than happy to do. So that will be coming up as well. Uh, So we have a lot of good things to look forward to. My prayer tonight and moving forward, because I have started to set my alarm. I believe I told everybody that I have set my alarm to start praying every night. And some days it's quick. And and I'm a little embarrassed to say that I have to set my alarm. But, you know, guys, it's very easy for us to forget how we have faith in certain things and religious beliefs. And, you know, we just forget about it sometimes. I forgot for many, many years. And I'm nowhere near where I want to be with my faith. But uh, what I will be doing is praying for Michaela for the considerable future, along with all of you, of course. Uh, I don't know you all personally. You're always in my prayers. But specifically for Michaela, um, praying that she um, gets the confidence in knowing that she will successfully embark on a new career or a new job. It will all work out. Um, 
Michaela, if you are listening, I want you to understand that even if your lamictal kind of, uh, you know, creeps into the start of your job, none of the side effects are that bad where you will not be able to deal or cope. I, I, I promise you that, that you're going to be okay. You might get, a, you know, some headaches, some dizziness. Don't go by me and stop reading. All of us need to stop reading. Enough is enough. I've been doing it for 43 years, reading and reading and reading and driving myself insane. Well, I got to tell you, everybody, it hasn't been a very long time, but over the course of the last, I'd say, two weeks, I have been much better. I haven't read anything about my implant. I haven't read anything about medications. I haven't done anything. And I have to tell you that I'm much more at ease think about it. The more we read, the more knowledge we take in, whether it's factual or, you know, or just complete nonsense that doesn't apply to us or our situation, we are going to take all of that information in and it's going to stick with us. And when our minds are in a negative pattern to begin with, all of the information that's negative that we received is going to fall into that negative thinking. And we will start to think about it. Um, give you a perfect example. I was completely convinced, based on what I was reading, that my implant had pierced the sinus wall. Now, if you all recall me saying that, if not, it simply means that the screw went through the sinus wall. Um, and based on what I was reading, I was convinced that a post-nasal drip in the back of my throat was occurring because the screw was in the sinus wall. Well, just so you all know, once I had it confirmened by an ENT and two surgeons and a, and a dentist that it was not piercing the sinus wall, magically, all of a sudden, my um, drip in the back went away. <laughs> and now that I have it again, guess what? I don't even think. I don't even think about the sinus wall. But you best believe if I was still reading and I didn't have the proper information from the doctors in regards to what I was actually going through, which I never had that information, but at least we could eliminate certain things, I'd still to this day be thinking that my, my implant pierced the wall and it was dripping in the back of my throat because of what I read. It's not easy. It took me a long time, and again, I've only been practicing for about two weeks. As a matter of fact, I really honestly think that Michaela's email prompted me to stop reading. Honestly. Because my heart went out to her so much in the sense where I knew she was driving herself crazy about Lamictal. Knew it. Been there, done that. Been there, done that. So we got to stop reading, everybody. I know it's not easy, but give it a shot. Um, so many times I've said this, that we're all individuals, we're all different, we all have different reactions to medication, but at the same token, keep this in mind, those of us who are following the same path or have very similar symptoms, and obviously it's not always a guarantee that we're going to be on the same medications, but you know what? It gives us hope in knowing that my symptoms match your symptoms, that medication works for you, so it gives me hope that that medication will work for me as well. And if not, we will find something that, 
the chemistry of the medication, once it gets into our system, agrees with our body, our mind, and we will be able to move forward. Uh, so stop reading, everybody. That's how Mr. Joe wants to head, end this podcast. I ask you to stop your nonsense. Stop reading. Uh, come along for the ride with Mr. Joe and just, just allow life to... Um, you know, take its course. I mean, instead of putting all those negative thoughts in your head, listen, we got enough negativity that we put in our head. Um, do we really need to go into a forum and read what Billy wrote or what Jackie wrote or what Tom wrote about how they took Lamictal and they ended up in the hospital for two weeks or uh, this one took Lamictal and had a rash? And I mean, come on. I created my own rash the first time I went on Lamictal. You want to know how? I was on so much Oxycontin that I couldn't stop itching myself, and I would tear my legs apart, actually right by my ankles, uh, because of the opiates, and I would itch and itch and itch and itch, and it got to a point where, of course, I was reading, and I read about this rash, um, and I said, well, maybe maybe it's not the Oxycontin, and it's the Lamictal that's giving me the rash, and then before you know it, boop, 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 call the doctor, hey, doc, I got the rash, and, you know. Here I am now fluctuating again with my meds on and off, on and off, on and off. Um, and, and specifically because at that time I was, you know, still um, really, really into drugs or at least wanting drugs for the most part. And uh, clearly I'm still on drugs, which I refer to as the marijuana. Um, and I got to say, everybody, it does not seem to be taking a, a turn for the worse. Um, it seems that my mood has been relatively stable while I'm on the marijuana. So I figured I'd report on that as well. Other than that, I just uh, thank you for listening to Mr. Joe. Reach out, MrJoeBP at Yahoo.com, uh, or you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Bipolar Joe. Uh, and, and everybody, reach out. Let me know what you think. Give me a review if you can, if that's possible at all. Um, I'd like to get some reviews and hear what you think about my podcast. Um, I'm going to skip over everything, and I'm just going to say this. Everybody out there with bipolar disorder, continue to support each other. And most importantly, everybody, I need you to soldier on. Thank you so much for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Everybody have a great day. I'll talk to you again in two days. Welcome to the January 10th, 2019 edition.